I don't care where your manufacturer is, get on a plane to visit them. They're in Shanghai, you're in Shanghai. They're in Dallas, Texas, or uh, you know, Big Sur, you're in Dallas, Texas, or you're in Big Sur. Same thing with your 3PL. You're going to understand so much more of their business when you go and see how your product is made. You're going to be like, is there inefficiencies? How should I change my business maybe as a result of this? Put boots on the ground and go over to wherever your product is being manufactured. This is Limited Supply, the place for refreshingly real takes on what D2C is really like. We're your hosts, Nick and Moyes. Let's start talking about money. Smart operators know that actively managing cash flow is a real unlock to increase profits. Highbeam is a banking platform built to help brands do just this. Learn how Highbeam automatically saves brands thousands of dollars through its high-yield accounts, lines of credit, and cash back cards with a personalized savings estimate at highbeam.co slash limited supply. Okay, guys, we're back for episode 11 of Limited Supply. Uh, this is a big one. Uh, this is the one I think everyone's going to want to listen to, especially because a lot of our listeners skew towards a younger brand. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to be talking about basically what should your tech stack look like when you're launching an e-commerce business? Like what tech is underrated? What's overrated? What are things that people haven't heard of? And you know, you've launched probably more e- Shopify businesses than anybody else I know. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited. I'm going to take notes myself because uh, I, this is an episode I've been waiting for for a long time. Awesome. I'm going to I'm gonna talk about a few things and then um, we're going to have you jump in. Okay. So, um, you know, when you launch a new brand, I think you basically need a few key pieces. You need a really good product. There's no room for second place products. You need really strong messaging that helps you carve an angle for yourself. So either a promise you'll deliver or a problem you'll solve for. You need really good content that's photography, copywriting, ad copy, ad creative. And then you need to basically either, generally, either you want to focus on something that's high AOV and less frequent or low AOV and high frequency. The anomaly there would be, you know, like some high-end thing that you buy on recurring on a subscription or like a Jolie, a high AOV with a subscription. All right, so I think there's basically five kind of core pillars to launching a brand. You have marketing, operations, customer experience, wholesale, and finance. Your marketing includes paid ads, organic social, email and SMS, PR, partnerships, influencers, Shopify, and social proof, or your earned media. Your operations includes your product manufacturing, your packaging manufacturing, your transportation, and your warehouse. Your customer experience includes customer service, customer reviews and surveys, and subscription. Your wholesale business uh, can include a number of things, but I just put fair here as like a starting point. Yep, got it. And then your finance piece includes your banking partner and lines of credit, credit cards, the stuff we talked about last week. Okay, so these are what I think are basically the core pillars. So I'm going to go through each one and just put a few notes that I think are almost like ground zero. The way I tried to make this was I didn't want to put everything in here because I think it gets overwhelming. Sure. I think generally um, when we get to like, once you launch what you focus on, there's basically, there's a very simple goal of getting to 5k a day. Yeah. And so I think- I like that goal that you keep setting because you're like, once you get there, you sort of got product market fit. Yeah. And it's like- Achievable. You're not like, oh my God, this seems impossible. 5, yeah, it's not like you're, I'm, I'm about to go make 100,000 a month and yeah. then a million. Like, no, let's yeah. start realistically. Yeah. Just get to 5K. All 
All right. So again, I'm going to read some bullet points and then yeah. jump in after this. Are session. you starting with marketing? Ops? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Marketing. Marketing. Yeah. So first thing, you just need to build a simple site that converts above 2% with paid traffic. So 2% blended. Obviously, if this is just uh, you know influencer traffic or traffic from organic social should be much higher, probably a 7 to 10%. But with paid and a bunch of just new people hitting the site, sure. should be uh, at least 2%. On the site, you want to focus on educating new customers. So your entire site should be pitching somebody who has never heard about you and could not care less about you. Think about you're an immigrant kid. Yeah. You're pitching this to your grandparents who fled their country and moved somewhere else for a better life for you. And you're now selling, uh, you know, cream. Yeah. All right. So you got to yeah. you got to focus on education. Yeah. Really understand, help people understand what you're doing. That comes with landing pages. That helps with that comes with storytelling. I think generally for new customers, you always want to focus on bundles, things that are high AOV, and uh, you also want to have a bunch of like first person video content. I found that to be the best. There's a, a brand. Have you heard of this brand called Crown Affair? Yeah, I think their best ad is their founder Diana, just like doing her hair uh, in front of the camera. I mean, that's the one that I see the most, so I imagine that's their best one. Um, all right, after that. You need to have a good presence on social, organic social. It doesn't need to be great and it doesn't need to be out of this world social content. Obviously that helps, but you need to have at least a good presence on organic social. So you need your social channels updated. They should have good content, things that are relevant to the brand, stories, highlights, et cetera. So if I'm launching, what does that mean? Do I need to get 12 Instagram photos up there before I really launch? For sure. Like, okay. Yeah, because the thing that I always think about is... Uh, when somebody sees the ad, right, and they click the profile, they move over. You want to have stories on the account. You want to have highlights. Ideally, one of the first highlights is customer reviews or something that is just a, a collection of re, reposts, story posts, story reposts from other people talking about your product. FAQs is a good one, yeah. ingredients, things yeah. like that. All, all the things that are like top of mind questions. Sure. You need to have your email flows built out. So I listed out some of the, just the basic ones to have at launch. Uh, first one's post-purchase flow, including your receipt. So you have a nice receipt that goes out and then, you know, five or six emails that sort of talk about the brand, the products, et cetera. A welcome flow for your site visitors, which is probably very similar to the post-purchase flow, but more focused on acquisition and getting people to buy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there I'd say it's pretty different because like the first one, the second one is like, okay, you've got it. Here's when you're going to get it. Here's how to use it. Yeah. Uh, here are things that you should really love about it. So like, oh, you've been using it for a while. What do you think of it? While a, a new, uh, like a you know, non-customer uh, flow is going to be like, Here's why everyone's buying it. Here's customer review. Like, you know, yeah. you don't need to send a review to a guy who just bought it. He bought right. it. He's going to like have his own review. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Yeah. I was more thinking of like brand story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, fully agreed. Yes. The, the welcome flow should actually be more acquisition. Yes. This. Yeah. You want an abandoned site flow, abandoned checkout flow, back in stock email template. So you have something that's ready to go whenever you're ready to use it. You know, you sell out of a product, you come back in stock. Uh, review request email. You can use the standard like Okendo email, yeah. but it's better to just stylize it yeah. and personalize it. It could even just sure. be like for long weekend. I think I just went in and updated the copy. So it just sounds a little bit more on brand. You throw the logo in there, yeah. et cetera. A subscription reminder, because legally you have to have a reminder that somebody's about to do purchase. You? Yeah, I think you do. Oh, but the th some of the things oh, okay, that you've that. mentioned before is uh, 
you know, you don't say like, hey, your subscription's about to go, click this giant fucking button to cancel it or to hold your subscription. You just need to simply, you know, remove all that. Just tell people it's coming and get them excited as to like why they purchased in the first place. Yeah. Um, You need a product or category upsell email uh, and then a win back flow. So people who've either churned from subscription or maybe, you know, they haven't purchased in. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so those are the emails I think you need. I think in addition to that, you should seed product to creators for content. There was a founder uh, named Leo Yu who started Crave Beauty, uh, and she's a huge YouTuber herself. And one thing she said that I thought was really smart was, if you're selling uh, like poop spray, poopery, uh, you know, don't go for people who just have like nice homes or big followings. Go for people who are content creators, but have like a problem that your product solves. Like they have IBS or something? Yeah, exactly. So like go to wow. TikTok and go find people talking about IBS who are also influencers and get them the product and let them talk about it in their own way, which I thought was smart. You know, TikTok obviously like indexes every word of every video at this point. So it's very easy to find those yeah. people. You can also just find creators who just specialize in creating content for brands. Like these people are basically hired quote unquote influencers. Like they take influencer like content, but really what they're just better at is just taking content that resonates in the social feed and uh, like feels organic. Like if you go to the long weekend site, a lot of that photography is taken by these hired guns who uh, they take photos that just look great. And obviously you have to source it down. Like we went and found a photographer who loves the beach and the ocean. We found like a content creator who loves to travel. And so you need to still align that stuff. But there are a lot of people who are just like, you know what? Forget all this fake shit. Pay me money and I'll make you the best influencer looking content. And sometimes those are worth it. Sure. Wow. Uh, Last two things. One is you want to find bloggers and editors, draft a pitch, email it to them, and don't forget to follow up. And, you know, you can't just email them and say, hey, I'm launching this product and you should write about it. You got to basically create the outline for their whole story, put it in an email and send it. You have to make their job as easy as possible. And um, what does that do? That gives you social proof. So if you send 300 emails and, you know, 20 people respond and say they're down for this and 10 people end up writing or five people end up writing those five articles they're probably not going to drive a ton of purchases when the articles go up, but the way you can weaponize that either with other partnership opportunities, retail selling opportunities on your website, on your landing pages, in your ads, yeah, will make you, you know, a lot more. Yeah, bad. you're saying, yeah. And do you think, you, yeah, I think the other thing you should send to those reporters aside from that outline is just a bunch of photos so that they don't yeah. have to contact you. So they're like, okay, got it. Exactly. Uh, last thing here is, you know, I think the Shopify site. So you don't need to, um, build an insanely fancy and super custom site. In fact, in most cases, working with a big agency to build a custom site, if you're not well capitalized, is a huge mistake because you have tons of things that come up down the road that you just can't fix easily Yeah. if you're on a fully custom theme. yeah. Now, if you work with an agency to do that, you want to make sure that the theme is very editable and templatized and easy to edit and make changes. Yeah. But there's a ton of cases of people who come to Sharma brands and they're like, well, we can't even add like an additional buy button on our product page. Cause it's impossible to put in, or we can't easily change the text on our homepage and swap the banner because the way it was coded, it's like, it's connected to something else and blah, blah, blah. The same thing happens with a lot of headless sites. I think most 
A lot of the companies we see come to us who are headless are like, this is the biggest mistake we've ever made. Really? And the, they go, they want to go right back wow. yeah, to non-headless. But then a couple underrated apps, I think. So one is called Amped for email pop-ups. Have you ever heard of Amped? No. I think it's Amped.io. Uh, I'm not involved in any way. I just met the guy actually recently. And uh, he used to run an agency where all they did was email pop-ups for companies like Uggs, and uh, just like massive companies. And, you know, the difference of a good email pop-up for a company that's doing, you know, half a billion in revenue is a ton of money. He ended up taking all his best learnings and best practices and turned it into a software called Amped. And, you know, I loved it as soon as I saw it because it's basically like they help you make the best email pop-ups. Is it full service or is it like uh, self-serve? Like you build the pop-up. It's quote unquote self-serve. But like if you were to message them and say help me with my pop-up. Like they have a whole design team. Like they did that for us. And I was it's like, better than like Clavio pop-ups? For sure. I've I've spent a decent amount of time in Clavio pop-ups. Yeah. They're not easy to build and they don't work as easily. And the UI of the actual pop-up builder is not that great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I started playing around with this. I uh, messaged them through the support thing. Like, can you help me build one out? They built me four variations and now I can just use those as templates and the greatest thing is the entire editor is basically like Figma. So it's like the same way you design in Figma sure. uh, design. or Webflow, it's the exact same editor here. Um, and it goes live in one click, so which is awesome. Yeah, that is nice. Uh, but nobody talks about this company. Are Another they new one, or they're not new? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, I think they have a decent amount of customers. So I don't think they're new, yeah. but maybe just not that well marketed. Gotcha. Another one that I recently discovered from uh, Ryan, the Jolie founder, is Nostra, Nostra, yeah, uh, which does site speed. So they basically cache your site and uh, it loads instantaneously. I think um, the Jolie guy said his conversion rate jumped up like 20% as a result of just installing this, uh, which is great. Another one is for user identification. So with all the user identification challenges, uh, Black Crow has a smart ID product, which just passes data back to Shopify and Klaviyo, uh, or sorry, Facebook and Klaviyo. So where do you need to be to use Black Row? Like, is it I think starting out? It, yeah, I think you can use it when you start out. Okay. It's all usage-based pricing. You know, Elevar is another company that does this saying, same thing. In fact, they might actually do it across more channels. But yeah, I think it makes sense to use it from the get-go. Like, if you're spending money on ads, you might as well have the right data coming back into the platforms. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one I put here is uh, a distant cousin, a stepbrother maybe, to one of your favorite companies, Narvar. Yeah. Which is Malomo. And Malomo is essentially post-purchase order tracking. It's a nice branded page. That's it's great. It's super cheap and affordable and 10 times easier to use and set up than Narvar. I'm not sure why Narvar is so expensive. I have no idea. It's like you could probably you could probably build their product in a weekend. Yeah. I, I have no idea where the amount of money they charge for comes from. Vista well, Equity Partners, also probably. Malomo's, you know, one eighty nine per month plus four cents for each additional shipment. It's all negotiable. I, uh, I you, you know, this boils my blood when I see things <laughs> like this. Yeah, for a lot of our like bigger clients, we use Malomo. Honestly, if you're a small brand, I don't even know that you need order tracking. Like, yeah, if you're um, using ShipStation, it's included in there. I they, mean, they've yeah. now fucked up their prices, but it's in, it was included in there. Yeah, I also just think like, uh, you know, there, there's never been a time where I've placed an order and thought, 
how come these guys don't have a post-purchase order tracking page? Yeah. It's like, okay, I'll just find the shipping number. Yeah, yeah. And Google Google it. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also the shop app, which does like order tracking now. And you get like a text message. Yeah, exactly. You get a fucking text and email the shop app. You can Google it. And to be honest, despite all of that, I can tell you from firsthand experience, the number one customer question virtually every e-commerce store is, where's my package? Yeah, yeah. That's true. So fucking lazy. Yeah. Um, okay, that's all I have for marketing. What would you add to that list as far as like focusing when you're launching? Yeah, believe it or not, I would take out a lot from that list. Okay, I wouldn't add anything. I, I in fact, I, like even the like, uh, I would add, I wouldn't do even a win, like let's say I was launching, I wouldn't even have a win back flow. I would I wouldn't have a Fair. churn flow. I would only have a new customer acquisition flow. Okay, I would have a sign up uh, form from Clavio or Postscript. I wouldn't have one from the brand you mentioned, I Amped, because. Uh, virtually every time someone adds a question to like a sign up flow, I'm like, I don't think this is a good idea. Like, you know, they're like, what's your first name, your date of birth and your email address? And I'm like, are you crazy? Well, yeah. You know, that's for next. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, when, uh, you know what my social security card number is, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Fuck you. I get so upset when I see that about brands. I'm just like, you have no hope. You have, you've asked for too many questions here and you don't even, uh, a B test the thing that is the most simple thing in the world right in front of me, which is all these the three things that you're making me fill out to get this yeah. 10% off. Um, I would probably take away Nostra. I would take away uh, Elevar. I would take away order tracking. If you want to launch there, you should get a sign up form, a Facebook ad. You know, I don't even think you need an Instagram account, believe it or not. <laughs> like, uh, but like, you know, I think you should have that at, at some point. But if you're doing under, te- if you're like, hey, I'm launching a brand. Okay, fine. Create that Instagram account. Create t- uh, get uh, things. You, uh, In fact, I wrote down things because I was like, and then I stopped writing them down because I was like, wait, I, I'm not even sure about all this. You know, you wrote really good photographs. Get mm-hmm. a 3D renderer. Yeah, every 100%. Single, yeah, that will save you. Yeah, every single stick of, we bought uh, at Native, the first time we launched, I sent all my products to a photographer and he charged me like $30 for a photo and he took 10 photos and I paid $300 out of my own pocket. I had no money. I was like, these are the worst. Like, you know, I can't use any of these photos. <laughs> and I found this 3D renderer and he's like, hey, it's $20 for basically... Anything you, you know, I can make you sitting in the Oval Office at the White House if you'd like. Yeah. It'll be $20 for that photo. And you don't even need to show me what the Oval Office of the White House is. I'll render it. Yeah. And then the president will change it to be like, look like that. It's so good. And so I was like, this is so much cheaper than uh, photographs. Yeah. Fully um, agreed. I think that even really good product, I don't think you need. I think you just really? need to try and sell and see if you, like, you know, Native, we had a, we didn't have a really great product when we launched. Yeah. We made it a really great product. And so I think what you need is you need to see if there's demand. Like, let's say you're, I'm talking, and I don't mean to disagree with you in all these yeah, ways. Yeah. I honestly think that you're talking about, look, you're at $100,000 in revenue, somewhere around there. This is how you start need to start optimizing your site, $100,000 a month. If you have $0 in revenue, okay, create the six pack or nine pack or whatever it is on Instagram. See if you can get one YouTube video. That'd be great. You know, you've got a website, um, have some of your friends buy and leave reviews and, you know, you're supposed to put a disclosure on that, leave reviews like, you know, friend bought or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, put that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, just start trying to run ads or like see what's going to work. Like, is this product needed by the world? Like, you know, if you're on Amazon, can you pay for customer acquisition here? Like, yeah. how is this going to work? Right. Uh, so I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Except just in a little bit later in the stage. That's fair. Maybe $30,000 a month, $40,000 a month. Okay, now I need a win back flow. Yeah. You're launching, you know, it depends on your or how frequently people are buying your product as well. If people are buying your product every week, you're selling protein bars, 
probably need to churn flow really quickly. Yeah. Like create, you know, the gummy for creatine. Right. I think it's like a 30 or 90 day supply or something like that. He needs a win back flow pretty quickly. Right. To train like a deodorant. I was like, yo, you're not going to buy this for four months. I don't need to worry about a win back flow for four months. Yeah. So I think, yes, you're right about all of the things you mentioned. I would just push it a little bit longer. If you're starting Shopify, the theme that's flexible, some Facebook ads, a 3D render, and some stuff on Instagram and some stuff on YouTube so you, that offer legitimacy and some reviews. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I, would do, I wouldn't get uh, Elevar. I wouldn't get Nostra. I wouldn't get Amped. I would try and keep it super light. So like all those, like, you know, I think one of the concerns that I have is if you're working with Amped or if you're working with like um, Elevar or like, you know, Narvar. If Narvar was free, I'd be like, okay, you've got a, you're going to spend time being like, how do I make this page look really nice? That's true. Yeah. Don't do that. Attention gets divided. Yeah, exactly. Your attention needs to be a new customer acquisition. Yeah. Very fair. Nick, I love the Highbeam credit card. It offers 1.5% cash back, which is pretty good. But more importantly than that, it's got limits up to a million dollars and it gives you up to 45 day payment terms. It's so important, especially going to Q4 when everyone's thinking about maximizing inventory. They've got to worry about paying for Facebook ads for the next month when CPMs are going to go up. And they certainly don't want on Black Friday for their Amex credit card to hit its limits so that they can't spend any more money. Yeah, the absolute worst thing I remember from two years ago, three years ago, was trying to juggle credit cards on Black Friday because you hit your limits on the other cards. And uh, luckily with Highbeam, you've got 45-day payment terms, million-dollar limits, and you get cash back on every dollar you spend. So go to highbeam.co slash limited supply to learn more. Uh, okay, let's move on to, is it operations is the next thing? Operations, okay, yeah. Okay, uh, this is where I have, I would say, the least amount of experience. Okay. So I'm counting on you. Okay, sure. So uh, first is you got to formulate or design your product with your shipping cost in mind. I think a lot of people forget about shipping cost and packaging cost and packaging size until the very end when it's actually time to like pay for that. And when I say pay for that, I mean pay the shipping cost to ship from one place to somebody's door. And you know, every dollar you basically lose in shipping cost is like, it's a hit to your pocket or a hit to the ability to acquire customers. For sure. Next one I have is, you know, get tight with your manufacturer and also the companies behind it. So for example, if you're producing a cream, uh, you don't want to just be tight with your manufacturer, but where is the the fragrance coming for that cream? Get tight with those people too, because you might be able to get some better economics that way. And then the last one that I have here is, you know, don't choose a 3PL based on Twitter ads or LinkedIn ads or any Google search SEO. Choose a 3PL based on like what people in your circle or your group chats are saying, not off of who's got nice site design or fancy copywriting or whatever. Yeah. Uh, You know who's been advertising a lot that I've been seeing is Ship Hero on TikTok. I see their ads all the time. Oh, really? Interesting. I didn't realize that people were doing that. Um, Okay. Those are all really... Good advice. I would say a few things. Uh, one is uh, transportation costs, uh, like, you know, from you, from your 3PL to the customer's door, you really got to understand weights and box dimensions. Like, yeah. if you can get, some, if like, you know, one of the things that we had was when we had three deodorants in a box, initially the box was like 16.1 ounces. Yeah. And that made us, uh, we were basically spending 150% of what we needed to spend when it came to shipping costs, we could have been spending like, you know, dollars less per package. if We had just gotten from 16.1 to 15.9. Mm-hmm. And we worked up, we spent a bunch of time trimming the box size down and making things lighter so that we could get it to 15.9. So I think you really got to understand weights 
I remember tweeting a long time ago, like, you know, there's those like gram scales. I was like, if you don't have this yeah. on your desk, you're not an e-commerce. Yeah. You need this to be an e like to be an e-commerce founder because you have to weigh your packages. Yeah. The other thing uh, that I would say is like during COVID, we saw container rates go up a ton and yeah. container rates are back down. Like there's nothing that you can do to plan for those things other than just be expecting a little bit of a roller coaster. Things can change a lot. Like, you know, now there's peak surcharges during uh, with that, like UPS and FedEx will charge during Q4. You know, you've got to be prepared to factor those things in. Yeah. Uh, I think we talked about this in a, f a few episodes ago, which is when you're selecting a 3PL, yeah, I would go with friends and recommendations. I would also try and go with somebody who's not VC backed or private equity owned. Yeah. Um, and then the final thing I'd say is, which I loved that you said is get tight with your manufacturer. I don't care where your manufacturer is, get on a plane to visit them. They're in Shanghai, you're in Shanghai. They're in Dallas, Texas, or uh, you know, Big Sur, you're in Dallas, Texas, or you're in Big Sur. Same thing with your 3PL. You're going to understand so much more of their business when you go and see how your product is made. You're going to be like, is there inefficiencies? How should I change my business maybe as a result of this? Put boots on the ground and go over to wherever your product is being manufactured. If it's a deodorant, go to your deodorant manufacturer. The washer and dryer, go over to your uh, washer and dryer manufacturer. And same thing with your 3PL, because you're going to be like, this is why, like, you know, maybe we shouldn't keep these two scents that are virtually the same color right next to each other. Right. Um, or maybe we should uh, keep travel sizes closer so you can pack stuff faster. Mm -hmm. Like, go over there and put boots in the ground. Like, go and visit them because you're going to understand their operation and form a much deeper relationship one-on-one. -on -one. If you're really early on, I'd say go over there every six months. Uh, maybe every quarter, maybe every year, depending on how late you are in the relationship and how many things change. If things are changing, you should go once a quarter. If things are steady the whole time, go once a year. Like I met Amy at Fulfillment Works. I went out to that facility. I went out to the other manufacturer five times. You know, I'd go mm -hmm. up there all the time. I'd go see our deodorant manufacturer probably once a quarter, once every six months. Like I had the same hotel that I'd go to and the people at the hotel knew me because I was there that often. Wow. Like it's important to understand how they're making stuff and uh, build that personal relationship. Because when there's a problem, that personal relationship is what's going to sure. And yeah. you want to be able to text them and be like, hey, I've got a problem. Not, I called some guy and he's like, okay, well, we'll get to it, mate. Yeah, you know, we'll we need a, a personal relationship. Yeah. What monthly order volume do you think somebody should start those trips at? Is it at... A five hundred orders a month, a thousand orders a month, five thousand orders a month. Definitely way earlier than five thousand orders a month. I think it's once you realize you're not going to quit the business. Okay. Like if you're if you're like, look, I'm testing this product and um, I've ordered five hundred of them and I'm not sure if I'm going to keep doing this. And then like you know you're selling them and you're selling ten five a day and you're like, I might quit. You don't need to do it. But if you're like, okay, I ordered five hundred and I sold five hundred this week and I'm going to order another five hundred next week or even another 200 next week, and I'm in it, mm -hmm. you got to go out there. Yeah. Like, um, there's a, like, uh, I don't know why I just thought of this brand. There's a brand called Fulton that makes like insoles. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know how they make those insoles. I think they're like, you know, I, I don't know how they make them, but I know they're made out of cork. I, you know, I would go out there. Like, they're in it. They've been in it for a year. If you've been working on the same business for a year, you got to go out there. And yeah, see. that's true. Uh, another question I had is, at what point do you go to the same two people, your warehouse, your manufacturers, and you say, uh, I want better payment terms? Good question. Uh, I think you can ask better payment terms or a price discount. And I think, uh, yeah. you know, I always ask for a price discount. Um, I think the answer is once you have a an order, a change of, of like, not maybe necessarily a change of uh, magnitude, but like a step change when it comes to your sales. Mm -hmm. So if you negotiated prices at fifth, when you were selling 10,000 units a month and you're at 13,000 units a month, yeah, I don't think you can do it. Like that's not fair. Yeah. 
But if you're at 20,000 units a month, you might be able to. If you're right. at 30,000, you definitely can. If you're at 50,000, you've waited too long right. or you should ask for a big discount. The way I think about it is they're going to get price savings as a result of ordering in bulk. Yeah. And uh, that's great. And, uh, you know, that, that's what they should do. And you should get to share. You shouldn't get all of the price savings. Their costs went from $2 to $1.70, you know, and they were charging you $3. I don't think you should go down to two seventy. dollars Maybe they get, they get to keep a third of those price savings and you get to keep two thirds or you split it 50-50. But uh, you, you won't necessarily know what their price savings are, but you can assume that once you're, you have an order, you know, uh, you've doubled the uh, sales. Right. And you're already at scale, almost certainly you can go to them because they've had a change in savings when it comes to their efficiencies. They're ordering ingredients in bulk. Right. They're right, running right. lines longer. They're ordering larger, like they, they got their own master cartons so that they don't yeah, have to Yeah, it's a win so on both bulk. sides. Yeah, exactly. It's not like you're really digging into their That's right. Their if you're scaling your business, uh, you know, you can probably, like, you know, we probably did it five, six, six times yeah. uh, over the course of three years, but we scaled the business from 500 units a week to you know 21,000 a day. Right. And so there were plenty of times where everyone could share in, that, uh, in those savings. Totally. Awesome. Uh, the next bucket I have here is customer experience. Yes. Uh, do you consider unboxing here or do you consider it marketing? Just out of curiosity. I know it's a technical question. But... Probably here. Okay. Customer experience. What about you? I think of customer services within ops, so I think about it a little bit differently. Yeah. I think of it probably the marketing side. I, I generally the ops think like the, it's cost. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everything post-purchase yeah. okay, gotcha. is customer yeah. experience. Okay, yeah. So that's a great call. The yeah. the uh, boxing, unboxing experience and like what they feel yeah. when they first open. I put also- I think that is really important. Even when you're a small business, agree. you want that special feeling because that's what's going to- Get you Instagram stories about your product, going to get yeah. people to love your brand and like speak to its authenticity. Yeah. This is actually uh, something I'm currently working on getting for Long Weekend. I got to hit up Nick, actually. Is a custom- uh, Custom box. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, you should. He's great. And yeah. like, um, even if you are like, look, I can't afford this. I'm not at scale. I can't get a custom box. All of those things, that's perfectly fine. Have someone write a handwritten note. Yeah. Like, you know, with do. a bit pen. Right. Costs you nothing but time. You There's know, even run... like handwrite.io. You can just get, you know, 10,000 made yeah. for a few cents. That's right. Yeah. Um, just do like, you know, there, there's a lot you can do to create an unboxing experience that's valuable. When we yeah. started again, like I hand wrote notes to everybody and I like wanted them to feel special because I was like, and, and so I was like, look, we don't have any money. We're a new business. You saw us on Product Hunt. Really appreciate you buying. Tell us what you think. Here's a handwritten note. Yeah. And like that unboxing experience is going to be better than just a standard Uline box with nothing. Like you can do a yeah. lot, even if you don't, if you're not spending any money. Fully agreed. Customer service, I think is an easy one. You can develop macros. So you can just quickly respond with basically, you know, a few seconds. For sure. Uh, you should develop a really good FAQ based on what the questions are that come in. And yeah. that should live on your PDP. So, do you use Gorgeous for your uh, customer service for um, Long Weekend or do you use somebody else? Uh, gorgeous. Okay. We don't use Gorgeous for FAQ though. We built that ourselves. Oh yeah, they have an FAQ feature? Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't yeah. know that. And you know, I think if you're the person behind the business, you should spend time responding to these questions. Definitely. Because uh, outsourcing it will, you know, it'll eliminate the tickets, but you don't really understand what are the fundamental issues or the patterns that come in with these messages. And sometimes it's a very simple, like, oh, I get a rash with this. Okay, well, maybe we should change the formula. Oh, I'm trying this coupon code and it's not working. Can you just apply it for me? You know, an agent would just do it, but you might realize, oh shit, maybe we have something running where, you know, this is not turned on. 
And, you know, then you're going to be like, oh, maybe our coupon code is native, but like we put it in and it looks like there may be a period at the end of it. So maybe yeah. we should add native and native period. Exactly. Native exclamation point. And then you're like, oh, fuck, that's what it is. Like, yeah. You know, there's so many things that as a C, like a, a, a new CEO, you need to understand a fixture business. And also people won't like necessarily elevate things to you. Yeah. Because they don't realize that it's a big deal. And you'll be like, oh yeah, we had this problem at our manufacturing facility. I remember John called me. And so now you're like, I also see this issue that a customer is having. Maybe some of these packages got to customers. Yeah. Uh, last thing is post-purchase survey. This is something that people don't do enough of, but you know, it's not tacky or it's not corny to yeah. ask customers. There's like generally a 35 to 45% of people are down to do it. Wow, and that's of a that, lot. Yeah, of that 60 to 70% of people complete the survey. And uh, one trick that I always do is towards the beginning, ideally second or third question, ask them their birthday and their uh, shirt size. They feel like they might get something on their birthday. <laughs> and so that'll incentivize them to finish the survey. That is so funny. Okay, gotcha. Uh, you're, you're selling a mattress and you're like, what's your shirt size? And you're like, oh, what's this guy going to send me? And you're like, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is really smart. What is the software that you use to power that poster? Like, this is where I would be like, yes, you should get the software almost right when you launch. Yeah. What is that software? Okendo. Okendo. Surveys. Gotcha. Uh, you can use no commerce as well. Gotcha. Uh, and that's also, they're both very easy to use. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, now people are like, all right, I've launched. Now what the fuck do I do? I don't have any revenue. Actually, before that, is there anything you would add to customer experience? Not really. I'd probably say you don't hire a customer service agent until you're getting at least 30, 40 tickets a day. Yeah. Uh, you should be doing all of them yourself until then. Um, you know, you probably use Gmail when you're only getting three or four a day. And once you get to more than that, yeah, probably I'd, I'd use somebody else. Yeah, nothing else. I would just, yeah, I would follow up with everybody. And even like, uh, even I, I guess part of my flow in my clay, in like going back to marketing and talking about uh, Winback was uh, emailing people being like, hey, you didn't purchase again. Tell me why you didn't purchase again. And write in this email, like in Gmail, pretend like you're in a Gmail. Like, you know, I wrote to you and it looks like I'm from Gmail and I'm like, hey, buy this product. Like, why didn't you buy this product again? And uh, that way you respond to me in a way that's also really personal. And that's awesome. I want to make it so it's not like you fill out a survey. Why didn't you buy again? I want you to think that some guy is sitting at home. This is his life's business. This is his life's mission. And you want to respond to him and be like, this isn't why I didn't purchase again. Right. So you create like some sort of brand affinity on that person's part. And as a founder, you understand why that person didn't purchase again. The other thing I would, I guess I would add to customer experience is in your post-purchase email flow or win back flow, create an email and say, hey, you haven't purchased again. I'm the founder. My name's Moyes. Uh, you know, we want you to purchase again. What can I do? What happened? Tell me, tell me what it is so that there's a really personal experience. Yeah. On that note too, uh, one thing you've mentioned before and I started doing is like, just email everybody who buys and ask them why they bought. That was like, yeah. Hey, you bought, you know, I'd love to pick your brain on like why you bought Yeah. or what made you choose us for this product? Yeah. We have this great uh, what is it called when everyone, like you get a bunch of customers that come in and talk to them all? Like a focus group? Yeah, focus group. That's what it's called. <sighs> everyone at P&G would make me not who it is. <laughs> of course, yeah, that's probably their bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, we had a focus group of a bunch of customers that bought Native and they're like, um, we pretended like we weren't Native employees. Huh. And uh, you know, I was like, why did you buy this? And people were like, it's the probiotics. The probiotics are so good in this. And I was like, like you know, multiple people said that. And I was like, so these people are like convinced that it's probiotics that's working and not all these other ingredients that's working. And so 
when I thought about marketing, I was always like, okay, I got to think about probiotics because these yeah. people really cared about that. That's awesome. And you learned that because you just talked to people. Yeah. Um, okay. Should we move on to is finance next? Yeah. I didn't have much for finance, actually. I was going to ask you what, how, how to best do that. Yeah. We talked a little bit about <laughs> on the last week about optimizing credit cards. Like, you know, you talked about a few car- cards that are really good for um, delaying payments. And, you know, I think you can ask for terms from everybody that you're working with. Some people will be able to provide it to you. Some people won't. Your contract manufacturer, your 3PL. I've seen people get three months from their contract manufacturers. I've seen people get a year, not a year, but like they're, they've gotten three or four months from their 3PL, which is really hard to get because that person, yeah. that person's basically fronting postage most of the mm-hmm. time for you. So um, I think that you can ask for a lot of terms from everybody. Some people will be able to give them to you. Some people won't. From a credit card processing perspective, I like Stripe. I'm an investor in Stripe as well, full disclosure. But like, you know, Stripe is sort of the one that everybody uses. It's what it's Shopify uses. default in Shopify, anyway. yeah. And then uh, from a credit card perspective, I, I would probably get the Amex Gold just to try and maximize that or a cash back card if I sort of didn't need, if I didn't want Amex points and wanted cash back. For banking, you know, you uh, I know we've talked about a bunch of different banks from like Chase to First Republic to Mercury to... I believe the other ones, high beam they use. Yeah. Um, I think like, you know, from banking perspective, you can probably use anybody. There's a few banks that are probably more tech savvy that you want. So you get free wires and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, like lo- logging into First Republic Bank looks like somebody lost the keys <laughs> to that, uh, you know, banking website in 1997. Yeah. Like no one's updated in 30 years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything else I can answer about finance, I guess? Um, I guess, yeah. So, all right, let's say somebody's starting a business today. How much would you say they should put into an account as their business account to get the business going? If I were starting a business, the way I would do it is I'd create a fake product that was 3D rendered, a fake brand, and start selling through ads to see if people would purchase it. Like, is there product market? Is there product marketing fit? And so I'd say, what is the cost? Like, if I was brand new to starting a business and it was a deodorant business, I'd say it's going to cost me $10,000 for the Shopify site, the theme uh, 3D rendering, uh, maybe some apps, uh, running some Facebook ads to see if I can get this thing to work. And I think of that 10,000, probably 5,000 is the, you know, Facebook ads to work. Mm-hmm. So that's probably, if I was like a little bit more serious, I might be like, okay, I want to order inventory. I want to probably tighten up my brand a little bit. So I need to hire a graphic designer, not just sh- some schmo who's doing it on Photoshop, which is me. That's why I say some schmo. <laughs> um, so then I might be like, okay, I'm looking at 25 to a $50,000 investment. Yeah. But I think if you're like, hey, I'm spending more than a year launching this brand, it better be a complicated product or like, you know, you better be very confident of product market fit yeah. like, such that you're not like sort of testing it first. Yeah, fully agreed. I think the more you can test up front, the better. Definitely. Uh, okay, should we talk about wholesale? Uh, yeah. I don't I don't know much here in wholesale. Yeah, I'd say if you're launching a direct-to-consumer brand, it's really hard to focus on wholesale and direct-to-consumer right out of the gate. In fact, everyone I advise, I'm like, look, I know direct to consumer really well. I focused on that, and um, you know, if you're if you can get into Sephora or Target or you know RDI really early on, that's great and possibly worth betting the business on. Like you know, yeah. And I think there's I've seen a lot of brands who are like, look, we got into Target really early on, and we're gonna make a bet on this business. And you know, what I bet you mean like funding that purchase order, not just funding that purchase order, but that's now the focus of my business. Got it. Like, okay. you know, I'm not going to wake up every day and be like, how do I optimize Facebook ads? I'm going to wake up every day thinking, how do I drive more customers into yeah, Ulta? Got it. Like, you know, one of the companies that we're an investor in is Cadence, right? Like Cadence yeah. is in a bunch of stores now. And I think their next big bet is how do we make these stores super productive? Because right. 
DDC is doing well, but like we think we can do even better here. Right. Like today, the native CEO, I can't imagine gives it like a lot, uh, gives a big, uh, cares a lot about direct to consumer when Target is 50x bigger, probably, or something like that. Right. right. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta care where you, you gotta put your chips where like, you know, you're getting your revenue. And if that's totally. brick and mortar, that's what you should focus on. Yeah. That said, if I was like just starting out and I wasn't able to get into those brick and mortar stores early on, and you probably won't be able to because, Unless you're like an Instagram, if you're Kylie Cosmetics, if you're, you know, Kylie Jenner and you're starting a new brand, you will be able to. If you're listening to the podcast, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. If you're Mr. Beast. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not. What I would do is when people say, hey, do you offer wholesale? Like we did this in native small boutiques with like pharmacies would say this all the time. I'd say, here's a coupon code for 40% off. You have to spend a minimum of $250. Your margin is 40%. Don't sell it on Amazon. If you sell it on Amazon, we'll come to your house and burn it down. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, sell it in your pharmacy, 40% off. Sell it in your, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Sell, buy it from us uh, at 40% off our retail price. Sell it and you'll make a 40% margin in your pharmacy, yeah. your, uh, you know, travel store, wherever you are. You can make 40% free shipping. You know, you want, you don't have to worry about anything. Right. And you, you know, $200 is in a big order. Uh, so like, you know, you can afford to buy it. Right. And so we would do that. And like, believe it or not, we had, you know, probably 10, more than $10,000 a month in wholesale orders pretty quickly. Wow. Uh, so I think it is meaningful. And all it was was a snippet and a coupon code. Yeah. And then we did catch one guy selling it on Amazon and we got him shut off. And then he's like, uh, it was this like Indian guy too. I still remember it. And he's like, oh guys, I uh, like after we got him shut off Amazon, he's like, oh guys, uh, people don't like this brand actually at my store. Can I return it? Like, <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. That's the other thing we said. We were like, we'll sell it to you 40% off, no returns. Like, mm-hmm. we don't want hassle because our focus is like, can we sell this to consumers? Right. I want to develop this yeah, part of my business. Problems. But yeah, exactly. But I don't want any problems. Here's a coupon code. Here's the percentage you get. Leave me alone. Yeah. Um, and that's what I thought about wholesale. Awesome. All right. Last piece because we're almost out of time here. But, you know, you've now launched, and I think the goal should be get to 5K a day, whether that's through creating content, running ads. It's probably running ads. Uh, it'll teach you to understand the trace framework, which I call, which is yeah. technology reporting, audience creative experience. And really, you'll understand like how to position your product well. So, you know, uh, Jolie, for example, they don't sell a shower head. They sell the fact that you have no more dandruff or you have better skin. You you know, you're not itching at night. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and so you got to basically find your angles yeah. and uh, understand that. I love that. I love that. How, how you're like created a method where you're like, I got to find a unique selling proposition and talk about this. Yeah. And this is what I'm focusing on. It's great messaging. Okay. That was fantastic. I really liked it. Okay. So after like, let me ask one random question after Shopify, Clavio, help scout, what is the third piece? Like, what's the next software that I need where I'm like, I, you shouldn't be able to live without this? Probably customer service. Okay. Well, uh, no, after uh, Gorgeous. Okay, so let's, after yeah. Gorgeous. Um, Clavio, Gorgeous, Shopify. I got those three things. Yeah. Uh, probably reviews. Reviews. Oh, Kendo. Right answer. Reviews, surveys, That's quizzes now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably that. Like, that should also be something, because reviews too, massive. Massive. So and if they're improperly managed, like actually most majority of companies don't know how to properly use reviews. You know, if you go to, if you search their product on Google, you don't see their product card with the reviews there. You just see it on their PDP. It doesn't have traits next to it. Like, you know, for example, Glossier, that'll ask you, what type of skin do you have? What's your age range? Where do you live? Cause that all gives context to how skincare reacts. Definitely. So yeah, I would say reviews. I love that part. I wish we'd done, I think even like a native, we got so many, but I think we could have done a better job, which was 
we should have started asking people, what was the deodorant you switched from? Yeah. So that other people could be like, I use Old Spice. Exactly. What's it like to use? Like, let me talk, let me think about all the people who use Old Spice and switch to native. Yeah. I wish we'd done a better job of that. We didn't have like, I thought of it. We just didn't have the like product infrastructure to be able to do that. Um, yeah. Commerce. <laughs> uh, but I wish we had. But this was great. I really awesome. appreciate this. I, I, I agree with those pillars of like how you think about it. Um, and, I, and I love the way you think about it. Sweet. Well, I think we've got one more episode left that we're recording live in Austin. Awesome. Looking so, forward to it. Uh, that'll be the end of the season. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next time to cut through the noise in CPG, retail, and e-commerce. And if you enjoyed this episode, then why not share it with a friend? And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss the next one. 